0: This week in cyberspace. It's been two years now since Myanmar was plunged into a military controlled regime and with that has come increased surveillance and authoritarian takeover of the country's digital realm. The country's telecommunications sector is now wholly controlled by the junta. And internet shutdowns to hide their evil deeds are all too commonplace. And worse, it seems that private businesses are backing the regime all the way. Brett Solomon, what's the latest intel from the resistance?
1: Hey now, good to see you.
0: Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think it was last Tuesday was the second anniversary of the military takeover in Myanmar.
1: That's right. And you know, and also last week, uh, in this week in cyberspace, we talked about the kind of digital um, closure, the digital shrinking of spa- civic space in India. Yeah. And this week, from a sad story to another sad story, unfortunately, and sorry for all the people who are listening to this week in cyberspace, because it's not a it's not a two-year anniversary to anniversary to celebrate. Uh, you know, it's one, as you said, where the military has taken control of all of the telecommunications infrastructure and that means all of the internet service providers the telecom operators etc are now controlled by the military one of the really interesting things is that which we've talked about in this week in cyberspace is the way in which you know smart governments in inverted commas (laughs) um, smart dictatorial governments are recognizing that in order to control the population you've got to control the digital sphere you know and we've seen it historically of course where Governments have tried to control the radio and the television and the newspaper, you know, to avoid resistance communications. Um, but now, of course, that has extended to the digital environment and the military junta, the Tatmadaw in, in Myanmar, in Burma, as many people will remember it was called, um, in Southeast Asia, they have kind of, in a sense, kind of helped to draft the dictatorial, digital digital dictatorial playbook on what to do and how to do it and how to control the state. And there's a number of different things that have happened that are being, you know, I think civil society in and around Myanmar are basically waving the red flag, saying it's two years that the international community has ignored what has been going on inside Myanmar, almost like too hard basket, um, which is deeply problematic for the millions of citizens who live inside Myanmar and are experiencing this like digital closure, the digital blackouts. And there are a number of different pieces which I can talk to you about.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be a democracy. I mean, they're holding elections later in the year, a democratic elections. Yeah. I mean, it's a farce. It,
1: it's definitely a farce. So the real last election was in the end of 2020. Um, and you had Aung San Suu Chi, who many people will remember uh, as, you know, one of the kind of control sort of Sort of the head of state. I mean, there and she was, a, was
0: democratically elected she in a was, landslide.
1: She was democratically a couple of years
0: ago before the junta re, Before took the coup to, mm. to
1: reclaim control. Remember, yes. they already had been in power for four decades. Yes, it slowly started to become more of a democratic state. She won the elections. That the National League for Democracy won the election, I think, twice. And on the second time, the junta was like, "Oh no, you don't." And they stepped in and they initiated this coup in 2021, which was February of 2021, which is where we are now two years down the track.
0: Uh, I mean, it, it makes me wonder who is behind this. I mean, is it China supplying <laughs> um, arms and weaponry? And, ah. and Because there's a lot of um, telecommunications that were run by the Chinese that are, are in use now in Myanmar.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, look, it's clear that nothing happens in the region without China's, you know, green light. I think it's clear that the junta took control with China's green light as well. And as you say, there are many... Um, digital pieces of digital infrastructure that are actually owned by Chinese companies. So for instance Huawei, uh, which is one of those companies, has provided surveillance equipment to the Junta um, and other companies as well. Not only Chinese companies, also Israeli companies as well like Cognite have been providing uh, infrastructure, surveillance infrastructure and content infrastructure for the, the Burmese government. But what's really interesting about this one is that, unlike what we've seen in India and some of the other countries that we've talked about, is that the junta itself is now in ownership and control of the infrastructure. That means they don't need to negotiate with uh, you know, foreign companies to be able to both gain access to user data, they don't need to gain, and they can use the propaganda machine of the telecommunications infrastructure to be able to communicate their story to the population. What I think is important that we note in this instance is that the the Burmese population, um, you know, without sort of casting aspersions, was quite digitally um illiterate in the sense that they didn't have the 10 and 20 and 30 years of the rest of us or that many countries have had to build up infrastructure understanding education training in schools etc so that when the when the um when the junta happened in, in in 2021 two years ago they basically well actually before that i think in 2016 when we saw the whole rohingya massacre if you remember that where there was like a million um, Burmese Muslims that left the country, you saw the way in which Facebook and other companies uh, were used as a mechanism to like spew hate and steal violence, etc. So you have a very, very sort of digitally naive, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, digitally naive population, that was suddenly opened up to the digital realm and was experiencing all the things that we're experiencing, like fake news, like hate speech, etc., but none of the tools to be able to resist. And the government itself was actually the perpetrator, and this is when it was a democratic state under Aung San Suu Kyi. Was the was the perpetrator of much of that hate speech against the Rohingya? So it's really been it's 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 really a mess. And I think the 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 message from civil society, which has just written this, you know, eighty I think uh, uh, I can't remember the number of organisations, but dozens of organisations saying to the international community, please don't forget us.
0: Yeah, I mean, what are some of the things that are being activated to try and address this? Because I think there's something like. 12,500 people being held by the military at the moment including Aung San Suu Kyi, 40 Burmese journalists and a Japanese filmmaker, you know, sentenced to seven years in prison for violating electronic transactions law. I mean, what can the international community do? Because it seems like uh, you know, a lot of these TikToks and uh, Facebooks and, and... Telegram and... and you know, yeah, these telegram in particular um, are facilitating yeah. the the government, uh, the junta, in their efforts to control their citizens.
1: Yeah, well, that's one of the messages from civil society is that this is not just an independent government that's able to control the state. I mean, the citizens through state infra- infrastructure. It is actually in conjunction with the companies, with either the active participation of the companies, or or a blind turning of a blind eye, and I think that many of the companies have actually been warned before. I mentioned the 2016 Rohingya uh, massacre, and you know there were reports that were put out by Amnesty and I believe also the UN itself saying that Facebook it was complicit in that. I it was the first time that we'd seen an online genocide take place. Um, You know, deeply problematic, of course. Um, There is um, another thing that I'd like to put on the agenda, which is the issue of internet shutdowns, which is another example of the way in which the government has um, decided that it can actually work out, like many other governments worked out, that it can engage in other human rights abuses whilst the internet is shut off. So they can, you know, um, they can um, shoot at protesters, um, they can... Um, commit other forms of you know um, invasion of privacy loss of loss of life as I mentioned s- ending you know putting an end to protests that are taking place etc so there's a they're actually shrouding the country in this blanket so that the rest of the world can't see so when you ask about what can happen will, in a positive sense I think you know drawing attention to this um, you know serious uh, series of human rights abuses um, you know, both significant and egregious, uh, including and as you mentioned, this uh, you know extraordinary number of people who have been detained, but also the number of people who have been killed as well, which is getting close to 2,000 people who have been killed in this late since this latest coup. Um, so, so one is to draw attention to it because I think many people don't know, you know, that th- what's happening inside Myanmar, inside Burma. Uh, I think that there's a lot of Work that needs to be done with all of the social media platforms in in Myanmar. It's often been said that the Burmese population think that Facebook is the internet. That's how significant it has become. Wow! Um, so 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 making sure that Facebook has its proper due diligence process, proper human rights impact assessment, proper content moderators, uh, um, you know, proper pe- pe- people who can understand the language. Uh, not just obviously in English because nobody speaks English in Myanmar, pretty much. Uh, Being able to understand the local languages, local slang, etc., to see what hate speech looks like, how it can get whipped up, to identify those accounts that need to be taken down, particularly the ones that are the proxies of the junta, if not the, the, the accounts of the junta itself. Um, And then there's the other companies that we mentioned, so the surveillance companies. Um, One of the things that is just also devastating in Myanmar, and I'm sorry I said this wasn't gonna be a happy story, but is the use of CCTV, so closed circuit television. Um, The CCTV is is like super advanced. As I mentioned, like the, the Burmese junta, Like they understand the playbook. They understand how to control the population. Freedom of movement is obviously an essential element of a democracy. When you have CCTV on every corner, which is not just filming you, but also tracking your face back against a database of 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 you know digitalized database of faces, so they can actually identify you as well as film you. Again, technology being support, um, provided by foreign companies. So, like, making sure that those foreign companies uh, are actually um, subject to business and human rights principles, making sure that there's, um, um, uh, um, you know, export controls over those um, the sale of those technologies, making sure that there's sanctions against those companies as well.
0: I think it's just been revealed that before the coup, there was an Israeli company called Cognite, Cognite yeah. Software, uh, they won the tender to to Survail. sell intercept spyware to state-backed telecommunications firms. I, I mean, it's it really is beholden upon, I, I guess, like you say, civil society to police that yeah. because it's just. Um, businesses uh, after the quick buck and they'll yeah. sell it to whoever needs it, won't they?
1: Well, this this issue of spyware is like weed, weed killer. You know, it destroys everything in front of it. Um, the fact that this report just came out, as you mentioned, showing that before the coup, uh cognite had been had won the tender to basically surveil the population um lawful intercept is the kind of the way in which they do it. so they you know lawfully inverted commas that they're intercepting the packets being able to identify what content is being sent from whom to whom why how where They've also got the IMI numbers as well, which is like the geolocation, potentially the geolocation of individuals. And um, you know, so this is like worst case scenario. And I think even if we think of ourselves, no matter where you live, as like you know, far away from Myanmar, it shows. Or from Burma, it shows like what can happen when you let the state control the digital infrastructure. And this is why it's so important for us, who, those who are living in democracies, and those who you know maybe living in countries which are heading away from democracies, to to kind. Of you know to, to draw to put a spotlight on this it's the same as the weaker population in China where that population is also digitally controlled as well so this is like this new generation of um, digital dictatorships and something that you know in this week in cyberspace it's really important for people to know about
0: yeah um... I mean, they're masquerading as democracies. You mentioned, you know, the internet shutdowns. And when, when people do get back online, then then they're subjected to surveillance, doxing, uh, which is like searching for and publishing private or, um, you know... Including sexual
1: information as well. Uh, like. And
0: particularly with malicious intent towards women. Yeah. You know, targeting Thanks women. Thanks for
1: raising that. I think it's really important that we also note that a lot of this digital control and the the kind of the role of the state is often compounded with a gendered element as well so women who's you know um, may not have as sophisticated technology as men just because of the imbalance you know using dumb phones as opposed to smartphones using phones without updated software you know women who are much more vulnerable um, in terms of their you know protection their content their identities etc being exposed uh, and with, you know the commission on the status of women is coming up um, short this year which is going to be reviewing the gendered elements of technology and how it a- adversely imp- impacts women um, particularly young women as well so it's true and i think we've seen that all around the world
0: Um, I think uh, they've stopped issuing passports in Myanmar as of last December, which means people can't even leave the country. Um, And and, and when, just looking at the online story, you know, when um, accounts get deleted, then they get... Put back up pretty quickly. That it's pretty easy to re-establish these kind of doxing accounts. But mm. what sort of efforts are happening to destroy the military's surveillance infrastructure?
1: Yeah, well, we talk about unpacking it, you know, sort of dismantling it. And part of that is the responsibility of the international community. Part of that is the responsibility of putting, you know, putting pressure on China, as you mentioned, putting pressure on. The technology companies that are assisting the junta. Um, I think that you know, it's civil society to civil society solidarity as well. You know, that's one of the reasons why we're here talking about it is that like you're not alone. Mm. You know, we're actually communicating your pain and suffering and the consequences of a dictatorship. You know, on you to the rest of the world. Um, dictatorships always fall. Like that's the good that's the good news story like there's no yeah. dictatorship that's ever lasted forever
0: because this dictatorship is desperate to get kind of international It's vulnerable l-
1: legitimacy too it's, isn't it it's it, it wants to be
0: seen as a legitimate country but it, it, can't, it can't when this and is going on and
1: that's one of the reasons why they're having this election this year or next year sorry in 2024 you know is is actually to try to bring legitimacy to what is a coup um but the le- legitimacy of this country and of this regime cannot be um you know maintained unless there is a dismantling of that digital dictatorship as we talk about and also the proper um and f- proper and fair elections that need to take place and in order to ensure that the will of the people is reflected in those who govern you
0: exactly I just think of Aung San Suu Kyi and she's 77 now she's sitting there in prison facing 26 years imprisonment or something like that I can't imagine uh, you know what she must be thinking
1: But that's true but it's also important to recognize her role in the Rohingya massacre as well there was a lot of criticism about her um, and the NLD by not actually taking an active stand on preventing that that genocide from taking place. So yes, it's true. And I think many people feel very fond towards her, but it's important to look at the whole picture.
0: Brett Solomon, thank you so much for joining us again and uh, giving us such a, a broad vision of the world. You know, mm-hmm. we can get very isolated and insular in our own little bubbles. It's, but uh, yeah, it's, it's important to sort of think Think about what's happening for other people in this the world.
1: This week in cyberspace, coming at you.
0: That's us, indeed.